God loves us so much that he doesn't mm-hmm. want us to just suffer and barely get by. He loves us way too much to allow for that to happen. So in the same way, like when it comes to your growth, sometimes we hold on to things that we think are good because, you know, they may portray a certain image of us or perpetuate a certain narrative that we want to advance. But ultimately on the inside, if it's hurting us or if it's holding us back, then we can't grow. We just simply cannot grow. Welcome to a Pondering Heart podcast. We're two friends learning and growing together in our Catholic faith. We'll talk about the triumphs and struggles that we face on our journey. And then we'll dive even deeper. My name is Amina Morrow. And I'm Rachel Wong. Let's ponder out loud together. to another episode of A Pondering Heart Podcast. My name is Emmy, and as always, I am joined with my dear friend and co-host, Rachel Wong. Hello. Hi, how are you? I am okay. Um, Mm. I know that we're going to be touching a little bit on pandemic stuff. Mm. So we are recording at the one-year anniversary of uh, staying home and working from home and (laughs) all of that jazz. So it's been interesting, to say Mm -hmm. the least. How are you? I am also okay. Um, It's weird to think about the pandemic is nearly at its one year mark, but Mm -hmm. we're surviving. We're doing what we can. We're thriving. That's all we can really do, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And as always, we always start our conversation with a bit of an icebreaker. Mm -hmm. So our icebreaker question for today is, what is something you felt like you missed out on? What first came to mind for myself was, I think I missed out on a lot of stuff. Mm Because like part of me felt like I missed out on my rebellious years as like a 20-year-old. Not a 20-year-old. Like in my 20s. Right? And like, not that I'm a complete goody two-shoes either. I know Mm. I'm not perfect in that sense. But it's also like, I never really did anything like dumb. Actually, yes, I have. Like nothing that's okay. like too, <laughs> nothing that's like too serious. And I'm like, wow, look at you. I guess okay. Another example. While we're at this, something else that I felt like I missed out on. I've asked this question to friends before, and like something that mm-hmm. comes up when I ask is, I don't know if you've ever felt like this before. Because like mm-hmm. for me, a lot of my friends know that I'm Catholic. Some of my friends are also Catholic. Some are not. Some are not practicing. And I've always felt like I missed out on their side that they don't show me if that makes sense mm. and like interesting yeah I don't know like I always felt like they were they censor themselves with me and mm. that's not a bad thing like I totally get that like people would want to kind of show off a I don't know yeah. who am I who am I to say anything but like I always felt like I miss out on that and it right. makes me sad <laughs> so it's but kind I mean, of like you're missing an authentic yeah. part of them not that yeah. they're faking anything exactly. but it's like yeah they're kind of only showing one mm. side but not all yeah, I don't know. Hmm. It's just something that comes up for me sometimes because I can, you can sense it almost. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, especially if you kind of see like a slip in like the other side. You're like, oh, I've never seen that side of you. before. <laughs> like, I'm not completely complaining. Like, I totally love my friends. And like, I don't know, like, I feel like it just makes me sad to think that like sometimes hmm. people are censoring themselves with me just because it's like the whole Catholic persona not persona like like you know what I mean Rachel (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely Hmm. no that's interesting okay yeah that was a lot of stuff how about you 
The glaring example for me is that given that I am a hashtag COVID grad, I did not have a traditional convocation. Hmm. So it's funny because a couple weeks ago, I went to go get my grad portraits done. Oh, nice. And yeah, thank you. It was it was fun. But that is the only time that I will wear my regalia hmm. and the hat just because... You know, with COVID, obviously, we can't have the typical, like, three-hour, mm. yeah. over a thousand people watching mm -hmm. you cross the stage in 10 seconds type thing. <laughs> and it's funny just because now that we're about a year out, I'm kind of mm. like, oh, well, you know, the further and further I get from that moment, I'm kind of, like, trying to justify it. Like, oh, well, you know, it's only 10 seconds. But also, right. you know, just to grieve this idea that you know, those are 10 seconds that I will never get. Um, That's true. And also, like, myself and my peers, like, we worked really hard to get there. So the mm -hmm. fact that we won't be able to have that type of, you know, stereotypical, you think mm -hmm. that it will never be taken away and get yeah. somehow it did moment mm -hmm. is kind of saddening. But it's okay. You know, there are things to look forward to. And, and like I true. said, you know, we'll chat about this, I think, at length today yes. in this conversation but yes. i appreciate this question though it gets me to think a lot so thanks emmy yes of course so today's topic is all about growth and the reason why we wanted to talk about this is because rachel and i were chatting about this whole idea about what life looks like after you graduate and how there isn't really like a manual on what to do i mean there isn't really a manual for life in general but like it just becomes a little more confusing because there isn't really like a set expectation for what to do apart mm -hmm. from like you know like go to school get a job blah 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 but like what is the blah 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 <laughs> like it can be different for everyone and like I just really wanted to talk about it just because I feel like not a lot of people do and it's really sad to not talk about something that I feel like a lot of people go through mm -hmm. that we can all learn from from each other if we just open up a conversation about it mm -hmm. so to open up this conversation, I wanted to introduce like an analogy that I typically use when I describe this idea because that's how I think. I think through analogies. Um, so this stair analogy works in a way where growing up when you first go to school, it's like kindergarten, you take your first step and then you go to grade one, grade two, grade three. Like You always kind of know what was next. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're anything like me, I was that type of uh, student that had friends in like older grades. And I asked them, like, what do I need to like know? <laughs> and that always helps. But like at the end of the staircase, I feel like that would be when you graduate high school or if you end up pursuing post-secondary education, like that's after you graduate college or university. Like after that, after that staircase is an open field. There is no limit in what you can do. And that is scary because what if you don't know what to do next? Like there's so much that can happen, like good or bad. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think it's very pertinent. I just want to affirm what you said there mm -hmm. uh, just to open this up because I sure. think we're in this age of social media and showing off different highlights mm. of our life mm. and I feel like many times we really do show off like different aspects of our life what we're doing our work our successes all of that and I think that that's great it's a wonderful opportunity for us to celebrate but like you said you know I would wager that any person listening to this at some point has felt some level of confusion or mm. Um, maybe a fear or anxiety of what is happening 
and where is my life going? And I think that when we don't talk about it, like you're saying, it can be so incredibly isolating. And Mm -hmm. since we're in this age of social media, it may Mm -hmm. almost seem like we are the only one. But like I said, I would wager a guess that it's actually, you know, the majority of people who feel lost and confused because I think everything is quite prescribed. Like you're Mm -hmm. saying, you know, you know, one year after the next, you go from this grade to that grade, you go from elementary to high school and Mm -hmm. then pursue post-secondary education afterwards if you want. But really, like that line from Mean Girls, like the limit does not exist. So there are so many choices and I think that that's a beautiful thing, Mm -hmm. but it can also be so overwhelming. And I think as a person with anxiety, it is... Mm extremely debilitating sometimes when you have no idea where Mm -hmm. you're supposed to go Mm. um and it's not that we should be dictated on where but like you said there's no manual so it's kind of like everyone's path will look so different but how do I know that I'm on the right path so to speak that's true and to touch on that I was really hoping that we could share about our own journeys in that sense. Like what did our own staircases look like? And um, we can even touch on whether or not the pandemic may have affected it at all. And also as young Catholics, how was our journey in that sense and Mm. trying to align it with God's will? Do you want to start? Sure. For me, I've always been the type of person that, you know, you talk about asking friends in older grades, like Mm. what is next? Mm. How do I prepare or what should I look out for? Mm -hmm. And I think that I was also very similar. I would always plan ahead. And I think as a kid, I always was so excited for Mm. what lay ahead. And I think that because of that, I was always a very long-term planner. I always Mm. looked ahead, but I never really enjoyed or at least made use of what was happening in the moment. So I was a very future-oriented person, which I think is good. But then I feel like, and maybe actually this comes back to your earlier question, I feel like I might have missed out on a lot of different things that I was going through, good or bad, just because I was so forward-thinking. I think like in terms of going through life, I had so many different ideas as to where I would go or what I wanted to do. You know, I went into high school really thinking that, oh, I was going to be a teacher I know that a couple episodes ago I talked about, oh, like as a kid, I wanted to be a lawyer. That didn't happen in high school. (laughs) I really thought that I was going to be a teacher. And then afterwards, like I wanted to go into journalism. And Mm. I had a couple of teachers that said to me, it's like, you know what? Journalism is so difficult to get into. Like, I don't think that you'll make it. I don't think it was them necessarily like holding me down, but I was still very anxious about it. So I switched up again and then I went into university thinking that I was going to be an English teacher. Mm. And obviously I look back now, my university career did not end up that way. And in fact, I took much, much longer Mm. than I ever thought that I would have. Because I remember in, I think it was in high school, I read about this person who did their undergrad in three and a half years. I was like, that, that's exactly how mine is going to be. Like, I don't want (laughs) to spend any more time in university than I have to. And Mm -hmm. I ended up doing double that almost. Like I, you know, I I did six years for my degree. And, you know, it's funny, like you ask about God's plan. And Mm -hmm. I remember like it was partway through that degree where I really encountered God for the first time in such a radically personal way that, you know, up until that point, I was so anxious about where I was supposed to go. And yet it almost just seemed like, yeah, it was my effort was really in vain. 
Mm. Like I was really striving and chasing after a lot of things that I thought would make me happy. That could be things like professional or otherwise, but ultimately it didn't happen that way or it didn't happen in the way that I thought it would. And because of that, like I was so fearful for what was next. I was so fearful for the fact that everybody was moving ahead, but I wasn't or that Mm. everybody knew where they were going, but I Mm. didn't. And it was only once I really put Christ at the center of my life and had like a radical kind of conversion of heart that I really started to let go of this idea that I needed to know right away and you know even in like career counseling they talk about you know you don't need to necessarily know everything because you Mm -hmm. won't have it all like perfectly down packed but it's just a series of just like following where different doors open up right and I do believe that there's a really beautiful faith aspect to that as well when we follow him in good faith I think that he does reward us in a sense that he will bring us to where he needs us to be But no, I'd love to hear about your own path as well. And for myself, it's actually funny that you talked about how you were a bit of like a future thinking person, because I think I was the opposite. I was like a past thinking person. So when I was in my senior year, like grade 12, a lot of my friends started applying for colleges Like they had an idea what they wanted to do. And I was still like processing the fact that we got this far Mm -hmm. and the next steps looked so terrifying to me, but I knew that I had to make a choice. It was actually funny because like throughout my school life, people had always known that like I loved to sing and that was mm-hmm. always something that I kept open, but I just didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm Asian. Like Rachel and I are both Asian. That's not possible. You can. Some people do. I just knew that like I couldn't. Not that like my mom wouldn't accept that, but I just... It's like older sister, older sibling, and like also Asian mix. It just doesn't help. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, There's like a bit of an obligation in that sense. But anyway, um, for myself, I knew I had to make a choice. So I ended up choosing um, education because I knew I loved children. I knew I loved teaching. um, And I was kind of trying to figure out what ages I wanted to do. And I ended up picking early childhood. So that's about babies to like three to five-year-olds, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I never thought I'd ever do anything like that, but that's the path that I was going on. Yeah, so I went straight to college right after high school and with this path that I wasn't really too sure about, but I knew that it was something that I could try. And um, I actually finished in about three years, mainly because it was a shorter, it wasn't a degree, so it was shorter because it was like, yeah, I didn't need, I didn't need an undergrad for it. So I graduated after three years and I, my birthday's a little late. Mm -hmm. So I actually finished school at 19. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. But then I had to wait for winter because in my college, that was when the winter graduation, I think for you guys, it's spring, right? Spring and then fall. Um, So I had to wait for the winter graduation and that was after my birthday. So I was actually 20 when I graduated. And for me, I was kind of almost like living the life because in my program, you have to take three practical placements to kind of get experience in the field before graduating. And I was very lucky because I ended up having my practicum, my first and my last one at the same place. And they ended up really liking me. So they actually offered me a job before I graduated. Oh, nice. On the surface, it seemed like everything was fine (laughs) because I was 19 years old. You have to be at least 19 to work in that field. 
So it was fine. It worked out. And I already got offered a job before I graduated. And I was 20 by the time I graduated. And I had friends who would talk to me asking like, wow, like how, what is it like to be so young and know what you want to do in life? And I mm. didn't know how to answer because it didn't feel that way. Like it really bothered me because I was at a point where it looked like everything was going to plan. It just didn't seem like it was my plan. Like I was just kind of moving forward in this path that didn't really necessarily feel right for me. So what ended up happening was I did accept the job. I worked in the field for about a year and a half. As much as I loved the field and I still have so much massive respect for early educators and teachers, it just wasn't meant for me. Like I felt like every single day, not every single day, but like most days I would come to work and I would just feel so drained and I couldn't explain why because I would just feel like I could be somewhere else doing something else, but I couldn't really pinpoint what that something else would be. And as I reflect back on it now, like it felt like I was a square peg trying to fit into to this like round hole. And it sucked because I had this like internal conflict of what you were mentioning earlier about like living in a time of social media, like everything looked good on the surface. That's what you want to show people. Like you want to show people your highlights. And I was so afraid of accepting the fact that what I studied for three years and what I've worked on, the career that I'd chosen wasn't where I was supposed to stay long-term. Like it really bothered me. Like I couldn't just go with the flow anymore. Mm -hmm. I needed to make a decision for myself to know that this isn't it. And so I guess I had tied my identity to what I was doing. So the fact that I had to let go of this almost perfect life that I was living, because I was literally <laughs> like a lot of people have fears of what they're going to do after graduation. But I didn't have that fear. I already had a job like things mm -hmm. were fine, mm -hmm. but it just wasn't right. Like I knew that the Lord wouldn't let me stay in something that wouldn't let me grow. So I let it go. And it was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made, but it was also one of the best decisions I've ever made for myself because ever since then I had dabbled and explored so many other avenues that have allowed me to kind of see what I was capable of. And that was something that I never really think I would do. I struggle a lot with that idea of like, I don't know, like the whole humility aspect, because I got called out on that a lot when I was younger. So I was always so afraid of excelling because I didn't want to seem prideful. So in that sense, seeing that I was actually doing well in something that I never thought I would do, it was like a whole identity thing. Like I had to like rewrap my brain and everything. Anyway, all that to say, like ever since I let go of that job, I tried a number of jobs and like careers and it's been a nice discovery. Like I've never felt so alive, even though I do not know what's next. I've never felt so alive. Right. And it's so weird to think that way. Like I still don't know what's next. Like I don't know if anybody knows what's next. But for myself, like taking that huge leap meant a lot because it was so hard. But then it was so needed. Like I needed to break in order to glow like like a glow stick um, <laughs> in that sense. Yeah. What comes to mind, because like you said, you had to make a very difficult choice to let go of something. And the first thing that came to mind when you said that was just literally in John 15, they talk about mm. Jesus as the true vine. And it says in verse two, I, I'm not like a scripture scholar. I had to pull <laughs> it up. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Mm. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. 
for anyone out there that gardens, I'm going <laughs> to tell you that I don't garden. I don't have a green thumb. I feel like I will kill every plant that I take care of. But really, like, in this practice of gardening and taking care of plants or crops, to remove all of those dead plants or the parts, like as it says in this verse, that don't mm. bear any fruit, so that the parts that are thriving can continue to thrive. That's so parallel to like us as humans as well, is that many times like we see different areas of our lives where we're not necessarily thriving. And I think here really quickly, I want to say that this doesn't mean that we just give up on everything that doesn't bring us joy. The Lord still requires for us to go through some sacrifice. And there's also some very necessary things that we have to go through, like taxes. We have to do that. We can't just prune that and then just be like, okay, it doesn't bring me doesn't joy, bring me therefore joy. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Or even something like, you know, confession. It's so, so beautiful. And it's mm. taken me so long to get to the place where I'm like, I desire to go to confession because I think as a kid, we're just like, why do I want to go into that scare room and talk about all the bad things that I did, right? Like, that's not fun. So I just want to clarify the fact that there are some very necessary things that we may not see as joyful, but are so important. But having said that, God loves us so much that he doesn't mm -hmm. want us to just suffer and barely get by. He loves us way too much to allow for that to happen. So in the same way, like when it comes to your growth, sometimes we hold on to things that we think are good because, you know, they may portray a certain image of us or perpetuate a certain narrative that we want to advance. But ultimately on the inside, if it's hurting us or if it's holding us back, then we can't grow. We just simply cannot grow. It just feels like we're living to show. Like, does that make sense? Like the whole idea of like just doing things for the sake of being able to show people after. And I hate that. Like, I hate that mindset so much, but it's also hard to let go of also because that's kind of what we've grown up with. But I guess something that I'm wondering, like for your own journey, was mm -hmm. there anything that you had to let go of for your own growth? Yeah, absolutely. So in my room, I have uh, two diplomas that hang on my wall. And it's super funny because my so my university degree is mm. much, much smaller than this other one. And I no. feel like it's almost too ironic. I took piano all throughout as a kid and I was studying quite seriously and it got to the point where I was really gearing up to be a piano teacher mm. and actually for a period of time I thought that I was actually going to do it full time and that was going to be my career. So I taught piano for about I would say five or six years and here in Canada we have a program called the Royal Conservatory of Music which is based in Toronto and there's yeah like a whole program and it's funny because all of my peers in like the competition circles and in some of my classes, a lot of them were going down the route of performance. We could go into a long discussion about that, but we don't have mm -hmm. the time. So what I'll just mm -hmm. say is that that diploma mm -hmm. is like a one shot. You do like literally a concert set right. and that's it. Mm -hmm. Of course, you have to ace it in order to get the <laughs> diploma, but the True. point still stands is that it's one thing. Wow. I knew that I was not a born performer and it just like made me anxious thinking about it. So I thought that I was going to do like this noble thing of going down the teaching route just because I was already teaching. Right. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, in order to get a full diploma, 
you need to do nine exams, which what? makes no sense to me. I'm just what? like, why? Why is there such a discrepancy? But anyway, mm. we're not here to talk about that. That's right. That's the right. Point, the point is, is that I was really set on finishing all nine. But in my first year of university or first or second year of university, I just wrapped up like the first kind of set. There's three levels to it. I wrapped up the first set, which would allow me and kind of license me to teach the age group that I was working with, which would have been kids with no music experience whatsoever up until about grade three or four Mm -hmm. in the Royal Conservatory program. So younger kids or younger students, essentially. And it was hard Mm. to walk away from it just because there were a couple things at play. The first being that I had spent, well, actually my parents had spent so much money Mm. and invested so much money in me. Mm. I'd taken piano since I was seven um, and at that point, I was maybe like 22. So we're talking like 15 years oh of time. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I was seemingly so close to the end. So to give it all up now, and mm. true, I have a diploma that hangs over my bed, literally. But I knew that if I were to continue, I was going to have like major burnout. If I'm being honest, like I still have a lot of anxiety that is left over from that. There's a lot of complicated feelings that I have with um, my time in piano lessons and doing all right. of that. Mm-hmm. But to your point, it was very hard to let something go because I think there was also this added aspect of many people were expecting that I was going that way. So when things don't pan out and you have to slowly back away from it and disassociate yourself from it, it becomes almost like you have no identity. And then you're left wondering like, okay, well, who am I if I'm not this or if I'm not that? Yeah. Gosh. Isn't that so cool though? Like, I mean, okay, obviously letting go of something like that is difficult. Like, I'm not saying like that was cool, but I'm saying the aftermath of like where we are today. Like, I think we needed that experience to be Mm -hmm. where we are today. Like, I, I don't know. Do you think that you would be where you are today if you kept continuing where you were going? Yeah, that's so weird to think about. I think the short answer is no. Um, <laughs> but I, I do like what you're saying, though, because I think there's a print that I had come across um, not too long ago, actually, was just that, you know, obviously, like for plants to grow, you need the sunshine, but also you need the rain. So I think you could kind of like very simply attach that to good versus bad things, quote unquote. And you're absolutely right. If I didn't go through some of the things that I did with that, and also like the fact that I needed to let it go, certainly like I wouldn't be where I was. And and I don't want people to come away from this episode being like, oh man, like she's begging on like piano <laughs> no, lessons no, no. and stuff. It's like, absolutely not. Because I totally recognize the fact that if I wasn't in piano and if I didn't mm-hmm. have some of the skills, like I would not have the appreciation of music that I do now. But also it taught me a lot of soft skills like time management and discipline and like literally hard work. Because in order for anyone to excel at anything, you need to put in the hard work. Mm-hmm. So I think that having that at a young age, just it really taught me from the beginning. It's like, oh, well, no one is just going to give you anything. You know, you need to work for it. So I'm really thankful that I had that lesson up front. I know that my parents probably taught it for me, but it's something totally different. Like when you're in piano lessons and you realize that you didn't practice, you're not doing well, and your teacher just gives you this look like you didn't practice. I'm like, oh, that's the worst. I recognize that who I am now is the result of a lot of struggle as well as some successes but ultimately like you need to take the good with the bad in order to grow as a person right 
Yeah. What about you? Like in terms of letting that go, like that career path go and going in a totally other direction, how would you say that that's helped or impacted your growth? Something that I will say is that even though it didn't become my current career now, I've learned so much from it because in that field, you have to learn child development and you can't go away from learning child development without thinking about your own development. Mm -hmm. And it's actually like opened up a lot of avenues for me as well, because I realized that I'm actually really interested in that field. Like, I guess in that like area of learning how people grow, even if it wasn't the right path in the end, it still allowed me to know that I can always take an exit route. <laughs> like I do not drive. Rachel knows this. It's just like I use the analogy because I remember like when I was asking people, like if you take the wrong turn, there will always be an exit route. Like you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And going back to your question, like I think it was purposeful. I needed to learn how to take care of others to know how to better take care of myself. And I guess like going back as well to the Catholic side of things, I needed to know that the Lord wouldn't let me be in a place where I don't feel like where I could grow. He was leading me by the hand, letting me know that he was always beside me. Like I needed that comfort. I needed that affirmation that the Lord was with me. And it took that first leap of faith to know that if he could take care of me in that really low point of my life, like he will always be there with me. So it's so comforting. And I think it reminds me too of the fact that the Lord, he doesn't will for us to just suffer needlessly. Mm -hmm. And I think many times, especially as young Catholics, I've heard this said so many times, and I will also say that I probably have thought this many times before, mm -hmm. even sometimes to this day, where my life as a Catholic will be so much more fruitful if I'm able to like suffer through different things. And like I said, I think that there is a time and a place where we do need to very consciously unite our sufferings with Jesus on the cross mm -hmm. and recognize too that, you know, Jesus was both man and God. So he understands and he recognizes and he's also experienced the extent of human suffering. But at the same time, like there are so many trials, I think, that we put ourselves through, especially in this area of growth and right. thinking that we need to do something a certain way in order for God to look favorably upon us. And, you know, the short answer is no. Like, he's mm -hmm. already given us everything just by virtue of the fact that Jesus had died for us on the cross. Like, he paid the ultimate sacrifice for us so that we wouldn't have to. But also, I recognize that since we're on this side of heaven— Nothing is perfect. It's not the way that God intended it. And that's why we have concupiscence, like that inclination to sin. We have the inclination to seek out things that sometimes aren't good for us. But I think, yeah, just to bring it back to John 15, like he is like the master gardener. He's mm -hmm. a better gardener than anyone could ever be. <laughs> yeah. And he knows better than we do what it is that we need to maybe get rid of. But for whatever reason, like maybe it's vanity or pride, or just because we think that there is nothing better. I think someone put it in this analogy where, since you love analogies, it's like we just keep all the rocks in our backpack and we mm -hmm. don't, like, he's literally willing to take the rocks out or even take the <laughs> backpack from us, but we just right. want to hold on to it, like, mm -hmm. so, so tightly. In the analogy that you shared earlier about the staircase, like, the blank open field, when we do give up something... I think like the, the normal fear is to be like, okay, well, if I give this up, what is next for me? Right. 
mm-hmm. what am I going to do? Because right mm-hmm. now it looks like there's no prospects yeah. anywhere. Or I don't know where I'm supposed to go. So yeah, like I think it's a very scary thing, but just that act of surrender and being able to trust that when we give something to him, he will not leave us orphan and he will not leave us unequipped or with absolutely nothing. Like he has a plan for us, but I think sometimes we hold on to things thinking that things will not get better. And because of that, we miss out on a lot of other things as well. Yeah. And to add on to that too, like we need to want to be saved. The Lord can save us, but we also need to give him the space to do so. Mm-hmm. You know, like we can't just be self-sufficient because you know what? Like we are not self-sufficient. <laughs> like We need a lot of help. And I think going back to this entire topic of growth and this whole idea of not knowing what's next and how it ties in with the Lord's will for us. Do you have any like call to action for our listeners to maybe in this boat, same boat as us? Like, do you have anything to say to them? Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. And maybe it's just because of, you know, I'm doing a CCO faith study. So a big shout out to Catholic Christian Outreach. I'm doing the fourth faith study. So they have five and there's one called Trust, which as you might guess, is all about interesting <laughs> your life and yes. the things that you're doing in your life to God the Father. And uh, we recently kind of wrapped up just discussing Abraham and Isaac. So quick Coles notes for anyone who may not be familiar with the story, though I'm certain that all of you are, mm-hmm. is that Abraham was called to go up the mountain and bring his only son Isaac, the mm-hmm. one that he had waited until he was very, very old to get. I shouldn't say you get your son, but you, <laughs> you know, Sarah at her right. very old age mm-hmm. gave birth to his only son. Mm-hmm. And he was asked by God to sacrifice Mm -hmm. his son. And it's a very compelling, yeah, a very compelling story and one that I go back to often. But essentially the analogy is that, you know, Isaac is literally anything that we might be holding on to very tightly Mm -hmm. in our lives. Mm -hmm. And God is calling us to surrender something Mm -hmm. whether it's your career or a relationship or even a vice or a sin like you said we need to be willing and open to be saved and it's true that in the story ultimately abraham did not have to sacrifice isaac um they did see a ram that was just over yonder that was stuck in a bush just right there Um, just over there right (laughs) so it just goes to show god's providence Mm -hmm. but it's the simple fact that abraham was ready to go through and sacrifice his son. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if we are ever, if I'm ever able and ready to sacrifice and let go of something that, you know, may still be good, but yet God is calling me to give it up. So whatever that might be for you, dear listener, like I said, career, relationship, what have you, do you trust God enough to give up your Isaac? And, you know, do you trust that he has something better for you in store, that he has nothing but the best for you in store, and that you will continue to grow even if you were to give up something that you think is so, so important and valuable to you right now. So yeah, that's my challenge and my little thought for our listeners. Yeah, it's great. I have nothing else to say. I think you put it very beautifully. Um, So let's wrap up this conversation with our favorite question. (laughs) (laughs) What's on your heart today? Hmm. I think that this is, it's quite timely, like just since we're talking about this. Right. I think over the past couple 
weeks, I would say, I've really been struggling, wrestling, like, with this idea of actually, ironically enough, yeah, God, where do you want me to go from here? Mm. Uh, So Mm. more so in the areas of, like, vocational discernment. Mm. Um, And, yeah, like, where it is that God wants me to go. I've been reflecting a lot recently on the story of Jesus in the boat with his disciples. And, you know, there's a huge storm. All the disciples are super afraid. And Jesus just really comes up and is like, okay, just stop. I was about to say shut up. But it's like, no. He's just like to the uh, storm. It's like, be still. Uh, And then he asks the disciples, like, you know, you have little faith. Like, Mm. what are you doing? Like, why are you worried? And... Mm. I think, yeah, it's just, it's trusting that God has a plan for me mm-hmm. and that he's in control. He's in the driver's seat and not yes. me. Um, mm-hmm. I never was in the driver's seat, but I'm yeah. a very good backseat driver. <laughs> so yeah, just, you know, just trying to trust on that. So I'm really mm-hmm. thankful for this conversation and mm-hmm, just being able to reflect on that as well. What about you? Really love that reflection. That was really nice. No, thanks. <laughs> for me um I have two I actually wrote it in like little initials so I could remember <laughs> my first one is my best friend Marzia got me a late birthday gift and it just arrived and it's a veil that is inspired by our lady of Guadalupe so it's like velvet and it kind of has like the little stars it's oh so I saw you posted this yes yeah so yeah, I just yeah. got it and I'm really excited oh, <laughs> So that's on my heart. Like, my friends are so nice. So praise God. Um, the second one that's in my heart is I've been taking a intentional accompaniment masterclass from um, Archdiocese here in Vancouver with their Proclaim movement. And I've been learning a lot, actually, because in my group discussion that I have, a few people in my group are actually 50 years my senior. So, yeah, it's, it's 50 a years lot. your senior or 50 yeah. years old? No, like they're 70. Whoa. Yeah. That's Dude, awesome. Like, yeah, like they're 50 years my senior. Um, and they don't know how old I am, so it's funny. But anyway, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't want to tell them because I was like, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, the reason why I bring that up is because it just brings me so much hope because I learned so much from that conversation alone. Like from our videos and just our discussions, like I'm learning that no matter how old I may be, I can still serve Christ in whatever that I can do. So such a great affirmation, just seeing them. And it's funny because they say the same thing. They're like, wow, so nice to see a young person. So it's like, it's so nice. I really love that. And I just wanted to give them a little shout out. I don't know if they're listening to this, but I will shout out my group because I don't know. I've never interacted with like someone that age before and I was so nervous but they're so welcoming so praise God praise God for that (laughs) that's beautiful wow no thanks for sharing that yeah shall we wrap up with a prayer sure sure um, Neo Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for bringing us here together to talk about growth and how that looks like in our own personal lives. And Lord, we ask that you continue to be with us as we journey in this discovery of discovering our own passions and how it aligns with your will, Lord God. I pray that we continue to serve you and to follow you and do everything that leads to you, Lord God. And we ask this in your name as we pray. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit.
as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to a Pondering Heart podcast. You can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Pondering Heart Podcast. Join us next time as we continue on our journey to sainthood.